Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to the Umbrella IT Services podcast. Today's guest is Kevin McLeod from WordSite Security. We're going to be discussing WordPress security and development for nonprofits, businesses, and entrepreneurs. I hope you enjoy. Um, I hope everybody's having a great day today. Uh, my name is Jake from Umbrella IT Services, and today we are going to be talking about WordPress security and design with my good friend, Kevin McLeod from WordSite Security. So thank you so much for joining us today, Kevin. Uh, if you could leave a like on this video, it really helps Kevin and I out. If you want to see more videos like this, then please subscribe to the channel. If you have a suggestion for a future video, please leave a comment below or email us at techtips at umbrellaitservices.ca. So now that that's out of the way, uh, let's just jump into it. So today we're going to be talking about website design and security. So website design and security is more important than ever in today's digital world. Your website represents your organization to potential clients, employees, and the rest of the, of the world. I've had many clients call us looking for a good team of web designers after experiencing a hack, outage, or other issue with their website after working with somebody that claimed to be an expert, but really just turned out to be the CEO's nephew. But thankfully today we have a true expert with us that can make sure our websites are secure, speedy, and safe while providing us with some tools to make sure that our existing websites are up to spec. So again, I'd like to give Kevin a big thank you for coming on today. He's going to be talking with us about why someone would want to hack a website, what the differences are between website security and IT security, and why we have to have so many personal phone calls, trading business back and forth, uh, some tips for business owners that are looking to secure their website, make sure it's running properly, uh, what you think, what the right questions that you can ask website developers, some tools that you can use to quickly audit your website, and what to do if you think you have a security issue. So thank you again, Kevin. Uh, how's your day going so far? Good, man. Appreciate the intro. It's good. No That's worries. That. I think about how awesome my team is as well. So I got to give full credit to the team and say thanks to all of them when I'm doing this because I'm leaning on them every day. 100%. I completely agree. I think there's a lot of parallels between IT and web design and development. And the number one thing is the team behind both of us. I, I, I couldn't do anything I do without my team. And I'm, I'm glad to hear you kind of say the same thing because a lot. I know uh, they don't get as much credit as they should sometimes. Yeah, I know. I'm out here tooting the horn and they're sitting in the office. <laughs> they're doing all the heavy lifting. Um, can you give us a, a little bit of background on yourself? So I know that uh, obviously you're the CEO and co-founder of Wordsite and Yardstick Services. Um, can you tell us a, bit, a little bit about those companies and yourself? Sure. So I started Yardstick, our digital agency, 14 years ago. Originally, I was just doing some strategic planning and market research and decided that web was my thing. And then years later, brought on my brother, who was... Uh, former eBay employee. And from that, he went back to school. He's the technical mind who's gone to BCIT and I'm the one who went to business school. And then we built our team around our strengths and weaknesses. And we've now got, uh, we're at full capacity, 13, 12, 13 people on that side of the business where we build websites and do digital marketing campaigns. That's but fantastic. over the last decade, we were also very good about documenting best practices and researching standards. And unknowingly, we actually built a company within our company. And we spun that out in the fall and created another company called WordSite Security that just does WordPress security. And we did that because of the growing need for security, but also because of the gap that we saw with a lot of other agencies producing really pretty looking websites that lacked in a lot of the fundamentals, the building codes of web. Hmm. Both now. Gotcha. Now, I, and I know with uh, the security stuff, it's, it's a constant issue nowadays. 
Um, we have a lot of clients that have a lot of internal emails get hacked and taken care of uh, because yep. somebody will get access to their contact information or to their client's contact information through a corrupted form. Um, I've had yep. a lot of phone calls and uh, things to do with ransomware and other things that cause business downtime and outages uh, because of a poorly secured website. So I'm personally really excited. I know it's uh, we're not going to get into the geek stuff too much today, but um, I'm really excited to have a more professional uh, technical uh, talk with you today. Um, sure. So why would you say WordPress security is important? Because like from my experience, I've seen, again, websites get hacked, contact information gets stolen, but maybe once or twice a month, I get a phone call from potential clients about this, but this is something you see every day. Um, so what are some of the implications that you see for, for small businesses that are using poor WordPress security? Here's the scary thing is that, you know, you see it once a month. I might see it every day, but in the grand scheme of things, um, Statistics show that's about 90 to 95,000 attempts on WordPress websites every minute globally. Wow. <laughs> Holy. Yeah. That's crazy. That was reported by WordFence. WordFence is one of the leading web, web application firewalls for WordPress in the world. And so when you think about that and you think about the fact that WordPress powers 34% or more of the entire internet, mm -hmm. pretty big target for hackers just because they can create one massive script or a program that's trying to search the entire web for that same hole. And that's what we see time and again, it's just these little scripts, these little bots trying to poke holes in WordPress websites. Mm -hmm. And what people don't realize is that because WordPress is an open source product without getting too technical, um, open source means you can see all the code. And so unfortunately that that's a good thing because it's allowed the product to become super robust and thousands of people around the world that contribute to the development of that product over years. But it also means that bad people can see all the code and potentially find holes and vulnerabilities. So you have to stay ahead of it and always be updating and always be making sure it's backed up and, and secure essentially, because there's so many new updates every month. Yeah, that makes sense. So in order to protect themselves from these exploits that are really common, it's very common for us to see the same thing as well. Someone has an outdated mm -hmm. firewall, um, someone can just breach in because, hey, Cisco has an exploit, people don't know about it, your firewall is vulnerable, they have a robot, scan the web, all of a sudden you have 20,000 small businesses get hacked in a week because of that. Yeah. Um, so yeah. you recommended updates for people, you recommend website backups, very similar to what we do with people's other IT infrastructure. Um, is there anything else people can do to make sure their websites are remaining secure and, and safe? Yeah, well, that's like a two-hour phone call of course. conversation right there. So there's like a hundred things that we do to secure websites. Mm -hmm. Basic thing that most agencies, decent agencies will do is they'll just do backups and updates. So they'll click the update button in WordPress, they'll update the core software, and then they'll make sure there's a backup. And then the failure that a lot of agencies don't do is they don't check that backup to make sure it's actually viable and yep. can be restored. So that's super important. And then also having a number of backups over the course of, we recommend at least 90 days. So you can go back in time and restore any one of those backups if you need to. And we have the capability to do that with the click of a mouse, which yeah. is really helpful. Yeah, that's great. We, that, that lines up again perfectly with what we offer people. So we do longer right. retention, but that's because, again, we're dealing with financial records, direct files, these kind right. of things. But it of does take, on average, about 45 days for somebody to notice a problem on their website and to notice things with uh, file uh, integrity is what I've noticed. So on uh, Microsoft's website, yep. they recommend that it's 45 days minimum of data retention. 
Because if something goes wrong in one of your files yeah. or something goes wrong on a piece of your infrastructure that is not actively monitored, which I would assume uh, someone who has a small business and doesn't have someone like yourself in their corner, they're not yeah. checking their website code regularly. So it may take right. 45 days for them to realize, you know what, that hyperlink that's supposed to download a PDF about our business, that's actually spreading ransomware. Or that email form that people are using to contact us, that's not going to us anymore. That's actually going out to some Russian guy who's now collecting my client's information. Um, yeah. So I do very much like the fact that you're doing the backups and the verification of the backups because, again, I don't know how many times, probably three to four times in the last year, we've had to come on site. People say our IT guy's done backups. We got hit by ransomware. All you got to do is restore these oh, yeah. backups. And then we go in and say, none of these backups are verified. They're all 60% complete and they are not secure. They're, some of them are encrypted. Some of them have been hacked already. And, and then it's game over, you know? So I'm very glad to hear you say that you guys are also verifying backups as well. Um, now, wh why do you recommend people usually go with WordPress over things like Shopify or Wix or these other programs? I don't. So let's be clear about why WordPress versus another. So Shopify is a platform that we also use. Yeah. And we recommend for clients who have primarily e-commerce websites. Mm. And we have some clients who have like a WordPress website for their front-end marketing machine, and then they have an e-commerce store that's on a subdomain that's on Shopify. So we make different recommendations based on what we think is best for the client. Yeah. And then we do sometimes I actually sell, you know, I talk myself out of work. I did it yesterday for a startup startup. I just told them, look, I think Wix or Squarespace might be a better option for you just to get a nice little brochure site up test out some assumptions as you're kind of developing your product. And then once you've developed your product and you've got a really clear idea of how you go to market, then we start to build a more robust website. That makes the sense. The reason why we choose WordPress over say Wix or Squarespace at this point in time is just because we're allowed to, we're able to do a lot more with that platform, not just in terms of security. Yeah. Um, yeah. We can also do a lot more in terms of just integration with CRMs and ERPs. Um, all sorts of cool stuff with custom software development. We have some software development partners we work with who do some cool stuff to integrate things into WordPress and they can bend that any way they want versus Wix and Squarespace, Squarespace which are totally proprietary. Gotcha. What, is, what are some of the sure. solutions you guys have put in place for people with those custom solutions? What sort of custom solutions? Yeah, like what, what's some of the website um, stuff you guys have come up with? We had a client in the financial sector that was showing their financial performance of various funds yeah. daily and those would update dynamically. And that sort of functionality had to be custom built because it was pulling data from multiple sources and mm -hmm. then displaying it on really cool looking graphs and charts. And then that was then embedded in, in within WordPress within just a window actually it was an iframe, but we were able to make it so that page still formatted and resized on mobile devices really nicely as well. Gotcha. With that custom software developer on that. And then we've done some other work to build bridges between programs. So we've got the website and there's a bunch of data on the website. So we're like, say, locations for a bunch of schools or something. But they have a separate database where they manage all those school information. Yeah. The bridge that was built to populate the school locations and information from that database into WordPress. Gotcha. That's very so cool. things can be done with WordPress, whereas with Wix and Squarespace, forget about it. Now, is Shopify as robust and comprehensive as that as well, or is it We less? love Shopify. We're big fans, and they're a Canadian company, and I love them. Yeah. They have all really good at supporting us and our clients. Um, we like Shopify for clients who have e-commerce websites that are like run-of-the-mill functionality. Yeah. 
you can you can go a little bit further with it but when you start to get into the area of customization of products mm -hmm. um, and or you want to give users the ability to pick all sorts of shapes and sizes and features and it just it might be a little bit easier to do that within WooCommerce, within WordPress versus within Shopify. And so the development cost is lower and the ability to manage it for the client is easier with WordPress if Shopify is even able to do it at all. That makes sense. So yeah, yeah. Shopify is kind of in that one and a half to two tier, WordPress is the two to three tier, and then you have Wix yeah. and Squarespace kind of squabbling over the entry level stuff. Yeah, and then you've got like monster platforms like Magento, mm -hmm. which can or any e-commerce website in the world, they're huge. Yeah. But you know, you don't use a sledgehammer to hammer at a finishing nail, so. Yeah, of course. And that's one of the reasons why I've always liked working with you. And any time that we have clients need web development stuff, I always make sure to refer them to you because you're gonna be honest with people. Like you said, you kind of do the same thing that I do, which is we talk ourselves out of work a lot. And we just say, look, you know, this isn't a good fit right now. I'm gonna give you the tools you need at the time to go ahead and get yourself set up, you're going to grow your business. I'm here to answer any questions you have. If you ever need anything, you give me a shout. And, you know, I'll touch base with you in a year or two. And then if you're ready to, to work with us, that's great. And if not, then that's awesome to see you're developing anyways. So I really like that you've always had that attitude. So just wanted to point that out. Is build trust. Build trust first. 100%. And again, with yeah. all of these experts out there and, and a lot of these people that claim to be web designers and web developers and they're the expert and they're dirt cheap and these kind of things i've gotten nothing but burnt from that kind of stuff so um again it always does really really pay off in my experience to do it once do it well and work with someone like yourself who takes the entire picture uh into consideration when they're designing a solution for people's websites okay. yeah i feel the same way about you so with the website security stuff, um, how do you recommend people usually get started with that? So let's say that I've either got uh, an existing website like my own and it runs on WordPress and we're going to get that revamped or if I'm actually going to start a brand new website from scratch. Um, what do you re usually recommend people do in either of those situations? The security question I hope in most people's minds is independent of the website development project question. Mm -hmm. Security tends to relate to risk, and risk is an ongoing thing. It's not something you just do, set, build, and forget. So we audit existing websites that have been neglected. We audit websites that have been newly built and launched. And we sometimes um, work with existing suppliers and existing relationships to help make sure that the product they're producing is going to achieve a certain standard for our client, and we share that client relationship. So when you do it, it doesn't matter. Um, you just have to understand that your risk profile might be different than other businesses. Gotcha. So for example, a sole proprietor who just has a brochure website may not care if their website gets hacked or goes offline for a day or two. It's not going to cause them much grief or a headache. So their risk profile is fairly low. Versus, say, um, someone in a regulated industry like law, finance, or something like that, or a bigger brand or corporation who's website is essentially being hit by thousands of people a day. If it had a problem, it could be a, a big brand issue, reputation issue, but also a loss of sales and revenue. Yeah. So the profile for those clients is much higher. And so those are the clients that we tend to have conversations with just around, okay, when was the last time you had your website audited for security? And uh, have you asked these questions of your web person, like about firewalls, backups, um, have you scanned your website for malware and, and viruses? All these simple things that 
people just take for granted and assume are happening may or may not be. Yeah. And, and what's some of the fallout that you've noticed when, when people do neglect their websites and, and they just kind of forget about them and lay them by the wayside? Yeah. So the first thing that people need to understand is the reason why websites get hacked. Like what, what's the motivation for a hacker? Mm -hmm. Typically, um, the kitty hackers are just trying to cause trouble. They're just trying to see if they can do something bad and just messing around. And then there's another group of hackers that are legitimately trying to find some way to generate something, some gain for them. And the gains that they want are, hey, can I steal traffic from this website? Mm -hmm. Put links on the website and essentially steal domain authority so yep. I can increase the rankings of my website. Can I put something or inject something into the website that lets me steal information that's, that's moving through the website? Or number four is, can I take this website offline and hold it for ransom? Gotcha. And there are other ones, but those are the four main ones that we see. And the one that we see most commonly with WordPress is just they found a hole and they can inject something into the site, like some unauthorized content or a link or something that just, you don't even know it's there. It's hidden. And it's just stealing traffic or stealing domain authority. And it could be there for a long time. Mm -hmm. And that's what they like. It's just those little hidden ones. Just hide in the background and help their whatever their website is doing selling something in russia who knows yeah and what, what's yeah. the most common of those four that you they usually usually run into yeah the injection of a link or injection of some um, authorized content gotcha. unauthorized content are, is the most common one usually because there's an old plugin in wordpress that's been deprecated or just neglected and not updated yeah and the plugin has a hole and they could do something with that to inject some content or a link into the website. That makes sense. Now, yeah. <clears throat> when it comes to domain security, I know this kind of is an overlap between IT mm -hmm. and web development. So domain security essentially means for the, the people that aren't overly technical listening, that the site or the vendor that hosts the platform for you to build a website off of. So if you buy a domain that could be umbrellaitservices.ca, that domain hosts an index of information that directs traffic. So if I want to send an email to jake at umbrellaitservices.ca, it's going to go look at the vendor GoDaddy or whoever it is, and it's going to say, okay, the email record here says I've got to send a mail to this address, and it'll direct it over using these records. So um, do you guys work to secure domains for people as well as the actual WordPress instance itself? A little bit, and we, this is where we tend to kind of overlap a little bit with our IT partners. Exactly, yeah. And that's why we like to work with, with, you know, companies like you where we can understand each other and, okay, who's going to host the DNS and who's going to make these changes to what records? Yeah. Um, we try our very best to only handle the web stuff. So the CNAME record for the website, which I'm getting a little technical here, but that's really the only thing we want to touch. Yeah. And then we let the IT supplier or internal IT person or people, team, handle the rest. Yeah. Um, where we get a little blurry is we sometimes want to host the DNS in a very specific place. We like using a CDN like Cloudflare to mm -hmm. host the DNS because we can then do all sorts of fun things within Cloudflare with their firewall, their caching, their compression to help speed up and secure the website. And the base product with Cloudflare is free, so it provides incredible value at zero price point. And they're an amazing company that has, you know, data centers all around the world. So yeah. if you're a business outside of, say, the lower mainland, you want your website to load quickly in, say, South America, 
we use Cloudflare for that to make sure the website's cached on a server in South America. Yep. Load quickly from there and not trying to pull from the local server here. Yeah, and it's again, it's great that you partner with free vendors that make sure that, like you said, it doesn't matter where your clients are, they're going to be able to look at what you're doing, look at your website, they're going to see what you're offering, what services they're doing, and your company is partnered with companies like Cloudflare, and you're able to use free solutions for people that don't compromise on security or speed. And it makes sure that when people are trying to reach your website, they're always going to reach your website. Um, that's, that's good to know. Um, so do you have an example of a WordPress site that you think that it has absolutely nailed it? Like, do you have a, a site you usually yeah, point I mean, to for people? I mean, the, the, I, I would point to WordFence because they provide one of the best firewall products in the industry for WordPress. Yeah. And obviously because they are a security conscious company that produces a plugin that we use, their website's rock solid. Mm -hmm. it's a, so if you want to check out a site that's just brilliant in terms of security, WordFence. Yeah. Uh, we see, see a lot of cases though, is they, they're not necessarily the industry leading sites in terms of user experience and yeah. design, but they're incredibly security, security conscious. Gotcha. So you mentioned a couple of things there. So you mentioned the firewall through WordFence. Yeah. So I, I've actually not had a lot of experience with WordPress-based firewalls. So um, yeah, cool. I, I'm kind of curious to learn about that tool and if there's any other tools uh, that you guys kind of take into account for WordPress that people might not know exist. Um, sure. And then they can make sure that they have a checklist that they can bring to their web developers just to make sure that everything is up to snuff. Um, what sure. other tools do you yeah. recommend people use as, as like a fundamental thing? I know you've mentioned backups, firewalls, and having yep. just general updates. Is there anything else? Lots. So uh, WordFence is a great firewall, but it's on your server. So we use WordFence as well as Cloudflare. Yeah. We have different configurations for both and best practices. Backups are really important, but the backup should be backed up off of your server. So we have a product that allows us to store the backups on AWS, Amazon. And that way, they're completely separate. So if the server and the whole hosting company blows up, we've got the backups over here, if we're safe. Yeah. With a five-minute you know, time to live, so the DNS updates really quickly at Cloudflare, we could move that anywhere else and get the site live in no time. Yeah, so that, that ties into our 3 to one backup policy as well. Yeah, so I'm, right. I'm, I'm, again, there's so much overlap that happens between uh, the IT and the web stuff. So I'm glad yeah. to hear you're following best so practices. You made a good point, though, because I, like, I don't know much about the firewalls that you guys manage. Yep. We are very different people in terms of, we're like, kind of like different trades. Yes. So, you know, I would consider web designers to be more like the painters and the drywallers of the homes. Yeah. We're more like the plumbers and the electricians, right? Yeah, I agree. It, we, you know, you all, you, different trades, same house. And so some of the other tools that we use include um, things like Uptime Robot. So we can see if there's downtime for a site. And we've got our sensitivity set to, I think it's two minutes. Yep. We can do it shorter, but if we do it shorter, we just get blasted with alerts. So yeah. if it's offline for more than two minutes, we get alerted and our team can take action. Um, there's also some really cool tools that I've been pointed to that will do free um, penetration tests if you mm -hmm. want to get really crazy. And those will just hit your website over the course of like six hours. And mm -hmm. I recommend doing it at night, not when you're operating. Yep. And it'll find every single possible hole that could be there on your website and give you a whole report. Yeah. Do, do you want to give people a quick summary of what a penetration test is? I know you gave a brief oh, yeah, description okay. there. Okay, but, yeah, so totally. Yeah. So a penetration test is basically just this program that hits your website, and there's other applications that hit other, other areas of IT, but it just hits your website with every single possible 
vulnerability. It's just like trying to find a hole. Yeah. And it hammers your site constantly for like three to six hours. Yeah. So if your website's a bucket, it's basically pouring water in with all of the yeah. known ways that websites can be hacked. And it's saying, right. oh, we That's found right. a leak. We found another leak. We found another leak. That makes and sense. It's very burdensome on the resources on the server. Of course. If we do them, we do them at night. But it's, you know, I don't commonly do them, but um, it is something that's cool for people who are working at higher risk sort of companies. Yeah. So you guys don't only maintain and manage the websites, you're monitoring them. You're actually having response teams there. We have to. Yeah. That's fantastic. Because we don't want to get that call from a client set that says our site's been down for three hours. Yeah. We have the alert that said the site's been down for like two minutes. We're taking action, responding, and letting the client know, hey, we resolved this thing just so you know. Don't worry, it's dealt with. Yeah. That's way better. Yeah, that and makes then, a lot of sense. Um, the one thing, thing that uh, I always talk about is like DDoS attacks. So I don't know, some of the whole small hosting companies are not great in terms of their plans, like the $3, $5 web hosts. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's not a lot of resources. If the analogy would be kind of like a, an apartment building in a, say like Tokyo or Singapore, very small sparse footage on a very big tower. And you could have one noisy neighbor that's sucking up all the resources on that server and your site's going to slow down. Yeah. Be very cognizant about really good hosting. And DDoS is denial of service, distributed denial of service. Again, for those out of the, out of the know. So, Thanks, buddy. <laughs> no worries. And and distributed like, denial of service like attack. Rest like got hit by like twenty thousand visitors in one second. Exactly. The server's like, I can't handle that many requests, and it just crashes. Yeah. Exactly. So this this actually happened. Did you hear? Did you hear about this? This topical news story with uh, Facebook and. Uh, T-Mobile and a number of these other uh, companies that just got hit, I believe, three days ago. Uh, oh, it's, there it is, one day ago in Forbes. Yeah, yeah. So, I this one. Yeah, yeah, so I think about 30% of American infrastructure went down. Um, <laughs> so it was this crazy uh, denial of service attack. So like Kevin just said, somebody hijacked dozens of hundreds of thousands of millions of computers somehow, and they targeted them all to go to Facebook. They targeted them all to go to T-Mobile. They targeted them all to crash these computers that are hosting the services for these giant corporations. And what do you guys do usually to protect people? Because obviously, again, if Facebook is going down, no offense, but I don't think Yardstick is going to be able to, to save that either. You know, if, if Cisco is getting attacked, my company is going to be overwhelmed as well. Investing class products like Cloudflare. Yes. And if you've got things set up properly with Cloudflare, and again, the free plan only does so much, so you may have to get a paid plan if you're really concerned about this. Yeah. You know, they are probably the best in the world at handling DDoS attacks. There's a couple other players in that sort of CDN space. Yeah. But if you're not using a CDN and you don't have a firewall, you're at a high risk for those kinds of problems. That makes a lot of sense. But... Again, taking risk into consideration, the likelihood of a DDoS attack happening on a very small business website is pretty low. Mm -hmm. so, but if it does happen, you guys have the infrastructure in place to recognize it, respond to it, and prevent it yeah. from having lasting damage. Or at least, you know, we can log into Cloudflare and go, I'm under attack. And then what Cloudflare does internally is it just starts shutting down access to the website from certain places. It just mm -hmm. starts blocking like tons of people. Yeah. And that's going to protect the website until the attack is over, right? And does it also, do you guys have a system in place where let's say that there's an extended attack going on or Cloudflare were to have an outage, 
Um, do you guys have some sort of business continuity solution in place where you can go, there you go, we're now swapped over to our backup server and you're yeah, going to run off that temporarily? Question. We're working on that one. Yeah. And I may want to talk to you about that because um, we're currently trying to figure out if we can have more than one web host set up and have a failover sort of server system. We don't have that presently, but we're we're researching it right now. Yeah. So. Yeah, I know yeah. it's it's really brand new in the IT sector for servers, right? Yeah. So it's hard for web because of the way DNS records work and exactly annoying. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I was gonna say it's brand new for us. So I can imagine you guys are probably a year to two years behind in that sector because I'm gonna there's... say three months because Cloudflare already has the capability to do it. Oh, really? You, uh, Cloudflare does have it. It's on a paid plan. You have to have um, you pay for it. It's based on bandwidth, I believe. And then you have to have your whole failover server set up. It's a little complicated. We're getting there. Mm, that's great. That's good to know it's in the works. So um, stuff like that is, again, I've, I think I've had to use it maybe once in the last five years. Yeah. But when yeah. it's there, <laughs> it's great. No and, kidding, right? and again, I yeah. think it's, it's kind of different as well because like with us, it's 65. Well, I guess it really depends on the website because for us, it would be something like 65, 100 people. They're not able to access their files. Their computers aren't working. Like that's yeah. devastating for a business. But if a website goes down for an hour and like you said, it's Mr. Small Entrepreneur who's doing his consulting company and he's got five clients, it's not, it's not as urgent. But if you're no, a multi-million a dollar e-commerce company. company that's doing sales in multiple areas around the world and or if they're in a regulated industry or they're publicly traded. Yes. Gotcha. Are there any regulations or standards that you put in place for publicly traded companies or these highly regulated ones? We don't have any publicly traded companies as clients. Yeah. We do have a few clients that are in regulated industries. Um, we rely upon their their internal IT departments to dictate which standards they have to adhere to. Yep. The one that we most commonly bump into is GDPR. Yep. The clients that do business in Europe. Um, we try to steer clear of clients that have, you know, SOC one, SOC two, sort of compliance issues because they actually tend to have internal web departments yep. versus an internal web company. Um, but otherwise, it's really just about them telling us what their standards are because, unfortunately, there's not a lot of building codes and regulations for web. That makes sense. It's the same thing as us. So yeah. you guys have an auditing procedure that I know about. It's, again, very similar to ours. It's kind of like you said, the electrician to the drywall. Um, so yeah. what, when you're doing these audits, what are some really common mistakes that you see people kind of just make happen to be there? They're, they're quite, quite often quite frequent mistakes. Right. And that reminds me that I had an answer to a previous question of yours, too, in, ter too, in terms of best practices. Um, password strength. Mm -hmm. It's so silly, man. But how many times do I see a login that's like admin is the username, and their like, kids' birthdays or something is just their password? Yeah, I've seen password as the password many too many times. P I know, it's, at it's sign. crazy. Yeah. And anyone out there who's listening, like, that's not good. Yep. You know, what the what we're laughing is because it's like it is laughable when you use those kind of logins because there are literally lists of logins, most common logins that hackers know about, and they just go through them and hit your website looking for yeah, n plus this login, admin plus this login. Yeah. And when they find one, a brute force attack is when they're doing that, they're just testing logins as many as they can. Yeah. That's one that I hate. And when I see that I really have to to educate the clients a little bit. Yeah. Two-factor authentication is huge, and you can actually set it up for the admin login for WordPress. It should be 2FA now as well. Yeah. 
as well as any other system in your, your business that is vital to your business, 2FA is huge. And then we use LastPass, and I'm sure you have some other solutions as well for password storage and sharing. Yep. But we use LastPass internally to store our own logins and share them with our team. So all of our technicians working on any project or website only see dot, 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 or star, star, star when they're logging in. Yeah. So the client's exposure is minimized as much as possible. And I really like LastPass because they were one of the first companies to begin salting and hashing their passwords. So yeah. what that means for folks at home is normally when you have a database like LastPass where it's a list of websites, a list of usernames, and a list of passwords, you think about it like an Excel sheet where you have those three columns with all the different rows. And what LastPass did was not only did they jumble them up using encryption, and the way I usually explain encryption is those old serial toys that you get where it's like A, B, C, D, E in a circle, and then one, two, three, four, five in a circle, and you can rotate them along, and then B is two, and three is C. But they do that hundreds of times over, and each instance that they do of the encryption is unique. So if you crack the code for one of those encryption uh, keys, you, you don't have the key to all of the other instances of encryption. So LastPass has done a fantastic job of securing stuff like that. Like you mentioned, yep. the employees that are accessing their websites, they don't get to see their passwords. Um, so we don't use LastPass internally. We have our own solution uh, sure. that we've custom created. But um, again, LastPass is a great solution, especially for, for people in your field there. Um, cool. So we've, we're kind of touching on some tools here. So what other tools do you use yourself? What do you recommend people use themselves? Um, Interesting. Let me go through my little list here. Um, I know you probably got a whole list like I do. <laughs> most of our tools are technical tools. We have some auditing tools we use that aren't going to be too insightful. But I'm going to give you the name of a couple. If someone wants to scan their website, yep. like just I wonder if my website's secure. What can I do? There's two that are really good that I use all the time. The first one is um, UpGuard, U-P-G-U-A-R-D, UpGuard.com. They have a free website security scan. And maybe afterwards I'll post the link somewhere for everyone to see. Yeah, I'll put that in the description down below. If I, you don't, can send me I don't the know list. UpGuard. I have no relationship with them, but I just love that it's, it's free and it just clicks get my free score. And they give you a number, which kind of gives you a benchmark about how secure your website is. Yeah. And then the other one that I use from time to time is um, Securi, S-U-C-U-R-I, hmm. lightcheck.securi.net. And that one does a nice little scan that tells you if you're using the latest version of Linux, Apache, MySQL, PHP, latest version of WordPress, do you have a firewall, yeah. is your website monitor, just kind of basic things. And this is going to, at the very least, provide the layman with some ideas about what they should ask their web developer. God, so it's like a checklist. It basically tells them, hey, like, you're missing yeah, updates. You're missing a firewall. Right. You're missing this stuff. Right. The only downside of these tools is they can only scan what they see publicly, mm -hmm. doing very rudimentary scans. So if you really want to find out more information, it's like kind of like getting a home inspection before you buy a house. You can only see so much by looking at the outside of the house. But when you give the inspector the keys to the house and they go in, they look around, they look inside everything and look down in the crawl space, look up in the attic, then you get a really good idea, okay, well, what kind of problems does this house have? Okay. And so that's what you need to do if you really want to get an idea of how secure your website is. And we do that for clients. Mm -hmm. We'll go give us the keys to the house for a couple hours. We'll go look around and we'll give you a whole report of what we find. Yeah. Yeah. We do the same thing. We do the audit. We do the assessment. 
Um, we've, we, we call it something a little bit friendlier, the discovery meeting, but nobody seems to like the term nope. audit anymore. Um, but it's so important Noted. being I able will to call it a discovery. Yeah. <laughs> it's great because it's, you're, 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 cause like you said, you do have to go digging through the dumps and going through the plumbing and you have to look at everything, right? Because that yeah. a lot of these companies, unfortunately, they trust people that have either gotten lazy or they're gotten overwhelmed or they've got another agenda going on. And it's not most of the time. It's no fault of the IT guy we're taking over from, or the vendor that yep. we're working with. They're simply too busy, or they're just uninformed. Because as you and I both know, again, our teams are the ones that are keeping up to date with all this stuff. Because right. I do my best to keep up to date with as much stuff as possible, but I only have so many hours in the day. And if I need to yep. keep up with cloud services and networks and servers and workstations and hardware and CPUs and Wi-Fi and all these other factors that go into a business, I'm not going to be able to do any work because I'm going to be glued to my screen learning all day. So that's why totally. I've, I've now kind of come to the conclusion that I have some vendors that are contractors that I like to work with as part of our team. But when it comes to doing some real work, like getting a website done for somebody, I just defer to experts with firms like yourself. Because you've got an experienced track record, you've got a great team of people that can do the job. And honestly, it's not worth the hassle anymore uh, to not work with a team of people. Because when I talk yeah. to a team, you'll go, oh, you know, I didn't know about this, this uh, outage that happened with the DDoS attack. And then half your yeah. team goes, we heard about that. We tried telling Kevin about it, but he was busy learning something else. And, and that's how things go in my office is people are always just constantly saying, hey, Microsoft is coming out with a new piece of software. You should do a video on it. Or, hey, did you know that there's a new update to our uh, PSA tool? Or, oh, the monitoring yeah. software we use is getting a big update. And it becomes unmanageable. So um, what I would like to do for people then is to take the tools that you mentioned. I'll throw them in the description down below so they can okay. kind of give themselves okay. a free checkup on their site. And if they're interested in getting something a little bit more in depth done, they can reach out to you again in the, in the description. We'll have your contact info. Um, totally. Do you have any influencers or market leaders that you usually recommend to people? So um, I know we're, we're steering heavily into the security side um, now, but. You know what I've noticed about security people is the ones that are really good. Yeah. Kind of like not show their faces too much. Yes. Right. Um, so I tend to read the blogs of the best security companies and mm -hmm. same thing teams. So team members within those companies are contributing content to those blogs. that is outstanding. And so again, word France, word fence, security. Um, there might be a few other ones that I can pull up yeah. and share with you after, but their blogs are incredible and I they are the ones they're more forensic, right? Mm -hmm. They're investigating the lines of code within plugins and finding the holes and announcing to the world. And, you know, the, the, there was one recently, like maybe three, four weeks ago about the WooCommerce um, scraping, I think it was. Yeah. And that was a big issue. And I think it was, uh, don't quote me on this, but Security or WordPress that found that and reported it. And the reason why that's a big issue is because it's a plugin that's used for e-commerce for, you know, you, every single WordPress website that does e-commerce probably uses WooCommerce. Yeah. So, you know, so... Those sorts of companies and their blogs are the best ones to follow. Gotcha. Uh, yeah, I'll definitely grab a list of those companies and list those tools. We'll throw them in the description. Now, I have one that I actually use fairly often. I probably check uh, her blog once every two weeks. Um, oh, yeah. You've probably okay. heard of her, actually, Taylor Swift. Um, oh. So there's a uh, person online, I don't know who they are, uh, but they yeah. call it Swift Security. 
uh, and they have a large number of tips online that are actually fantastic. Um, so I've already developed our own system the way that you have, and it's actually again come into where I've realized, oh, I've actually actually accidentally created an audit system here where we have a checklist of best practices, and maybe one yeah. day that will turn into a secondary company as well. But um, reviewing the Swift security website, which is apparently written by Taylor Swift, um, they have a ton of great tips on basic computer security. And I think they actually have a couple of really basic website ones. So uh, oh, okay. I'll double check that out and see if it's good. But if people um, find the security stuff boring and you do kind of want it presented to you in a funny way, um, that Swift security thing is just straight to the point, very brief blogs. And they kind of break things down in a way where they'll explain things. Like if they say, oh, DNS does this, they'll explain that DNS is actually when you take the words facebook.com and you tie that to the string of numbers when you're actually visiting facebook.com, the IP address. That's a good good recommendation because the ones that I read are like technical. Yeah. Put you to sleep technical. Yeah. yeah. So there's always the intermediaries, right? And But what yeah. I've noticed as well nowadays is people are kind of catching on to that. They will have like Webroot or Malwarebytes and these big firms will come out and say, well, we caught a zero day exploit that uses the SSL encryption, blah, 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 or what we oh, found yeah. is zero day with this, whatever. And um, yeah. they'll just have someone else write a blog about it. And it'll say, well, you see, when you have, again, the serial code thing that yeah. I like to use as an example, and you'll find some Twitter guy who, who spends his days breaking all that down with 10,000 followers. So there's a lot of good right. people out there, I've noticed. Um, but I'll definitely throw your recommendations uh, down below there for folks. Sure. So you mentioned something that reminded me to say something about SSL. This is another tip for everyone who has a website. Um, go to your website. Just visit your URL. Check it out. And look at the browser, if, especially if you're using Chrome. Yeah. And if you look at the top left-hand side of that browser window where it's got your website address, if it says not secure, for you guys to be over here, not secure, right there, it means your website's not encrypted. And it's a very simple thing you do. You just type your website in and it just shows up. It's not secure right in Chrome. So what are the implications of not having a secure website? Yeah. So there's two big implications. Number one, the data that's moving from your server to you is visible by third parties. If they were to intercept that data, they could actually see everything that's moving. So what kind of data would people be sending across that? So, so Sure, you're just browsing the web and it's just images and words. But if you actually submitted a form and said, Kevin McLeod, email address, phone number. Here, I want some information about this service. I've had a problem, blah, blah. So that's kind of person stuff. Submit, and that's getting sent through the web and could be intercepted by a third party. For anyone that's in a regulated industry or sensitive industry, that is vital. Yeah. The reason why encryption is important is it's actually a ranking factor for Google. Mm -hmm. Websites that are encrypted with SSL get ranked higher than those that aren't all things being equal. Yeah. So no brainer these days to get your site encrypted. And it's like turnkey. Most web hosts can do it. If they can't, you're not on a good web host. Yeah. And then SSL certificates, there are some free ones and even the good, the better ones are like five, 20 bucks, not much. Yeah. And that, that actually answers one of the questions I was going to ask you and, and kind of turns me in another direction. So the original question I was going to ask you was, Okay. When you focus on security, do you sacrifice speed and do you focus? Uh, do you sacrifice stability? But after talking to you really right now, I've I've realized that actually adding in these secure platforms, 
you're boosting performance. You're making sure you're gonna be faster, you're distributed all over the planet, you're gonna have okay. more cash servers. So that answers that. So now my question would be, what tangible benefits can business owners uh, see from using proper hosting? So we've already mentioned the faster loading speeds and this kind of yeah. stuff, but for somebody like myself, if I were to go change my website right now, which is an absolute disaster, and work with somebody like yourself, um, what kind of benefits would I would I really experience from that? It's the same thing as asking the question: What benefits do you get from driving a well-maintained car? Mm -hmm. It's like, or even better, what benefits do you get from driving a well-maintained helicopter? Right? Mm -hmm. Helicopters are designed to fall out of the sky. Yeah, and the bad web servers are essentially designed to crash. Yeah. So, um, a good web server will not only be maintained well in terms of the software and the hardware, mm -hmm. so the physical stuff, but it's also the team that supports it are very responsive. And that put together is what makes a great web hosting company. That's huge. There's going to be a time, no matter what, where you are going to need to call that web host up or get on a live chat at 3 a.m. and solve the problem. Yeah. And if they're only taking email tickets and responding 48 hours later, not good enough. Also, really quickly to touch on that, um, there's a VPN provider. So we recommend a lot of our clients, they use their own private VPNs. But for some residential clients, we do recommend they use a service like Private Internet Access. Um, we'll put a, li a link to the description in there uh, for anyone who wants to check that out. But we recommend people use a VPN, which is you're creating a tunnel from your device to a secure yeah. server, and then it goes out to whatever you're doing. So if you want to go look at your Facebook or you want to check your email, it's encrypting your data so that no one can see what you're doing. It checks out your yeah. Facebook or your email, and it brings it back. Now, one of those providers, I believe it was NordVPN, I could be wrong here, they had a <laughs> vendor and an employee inside of their company that was running one of the yeah. databases they were using. They leaked data. So they it actually had Nord. a... It was Nord. I heard about that. It was Nord. Okay, yeah. So they had a tremendous Thank amount of their client's data just be completely exposed online. And again, it, it, like you mentioned, using a proper hosting company like Cloudflare really does yeah. uh, mean that you're not going to be bit in the ass by uh, implications that, okay, I'm using a professional company. I'm using GoDaddy. I'm using NordVPN. Nothing bad can happen to me. It's still so important to make sure that you're using security as a comprehensive tool, not just that. You don't want to use a Cheeto to lock your door. You want to make sure <laughs> that you're using tools all over the place, uh, yeah. multiple layers of security, backups, etc. So that's interesting. I will defend Nord because I have used them for a while. They're not bad. Yeah. There's no such thing as 100% security. So, no. Um, my issue with them, and, and uh, my issue with them is they took yeah. too long. They took, I believe, six months. They took too long to report it. Yeah. I know. Yeah. No problem. Yeah. Not so, like, like you mentioned, so, it's, it's the vendor policies, right? Um, yeah. That's why we always recommend private internet access to people is, um, I believe they were hacked about four years ago, and it was two yeah. days later. They were like, this happened, we've dealt with it, it's been resolved, we had the same sort of issue. That's good effort, right? Yeah, like you mentioned, it's cat and mouse. That's the truth when it comes to security. I make sure that yeah. all my clients understand that we're coming in to look at your house of cards to build our own house of cards. And I like to make sure that people understand it in that way because I've seen yeah. a lot of tech companies come in, myself included, well, I've, I've never done this, but I've seen a lot of tech companies come in and they'll say, this is garbage, this is trash, can you believe this? And I go, well, yeah. from this guy's perspective, this is great. This He's doing everything yeah. he can right. with what he's been given. Right. So, you know, I'd rather focus on 
my solution instead of ragging on this issue because give it a year. Maybe I'm going to have an oversight. Um, thankfully, nothing's happened yet, but maybe I'm going to have an oversight one day where someone goes, hey, you forgot to have double redundant backups and you forgot to verify that one week that you got hacked. And then mm -hmm. what am I going to do, you know? So yeah. I think it's important to think of security as a house of cards or a game of cat and mouse. And right. it's important to make sure you have experts on it like yourself and your team that can come up to you and say, hey, I know we've been using this solution for three years. Unfortunately, they did a bit of an ethics slip. We're no longer comfortable using them. We found another yeah, vendor sure. that's just as good and we're going to use their solution for from now on. And there's whatever the changes, you'll be able to overview those details with them. Um, I just want to loop back to um, your comment about VPN because there's, for people who don't know, there's a difference between SSL encryption and VPN. Yes. Okay. The SSL encryption is the website doing its job to encrypt the information within the user and the website, but the VPN is the user doing their job to encrypt all the information that they're getting through the web and hide it. So both need to happen, right? You should be doing both. I'm not right now because I didn't want to have some performance issues here, but you should be doing both. And then that way you're, you as a user are secure and your website secure. Absolutely. And again, that comes down to the comprehensive approach, right? You want to make sure you're using multiple layers. So you want to make sure your cloud service, whether that's Cloudflare or GoDaddy or whoever, is locked down and secure. You want to make sure your device is secure. You want to make sure your server is secure. You want to make sure your networks are secure. And again, that's why it's so important that the companies like ours work together. So we're going to okay. be able to give people total packages and make sure that they're safe on all aspects. Um, do you want to talk about the development side at all, like just a little bit, or do you want to do a little bit of a deep dive into it? We're you know about, what, uh, how are we the doing? The kids here? are chirping outside my door, so we should probably, uh, and it's 422 here, so we should probably kind of slide into some sort of conclusion to this chat. Perfect, so sounds good. Here. We're coming up on the 45-minute mark, so that's great. Yeah, yeah. Um, cool. So yeah, really quickly then, um, do you have anything that you would like to promote in the meantime? Well, if anyone has any, any any issues with their website security, like if your world's on fire, just call me right now. Mm -hmm. Wordsite, our, I'll put our number in here somewhere. Wordsite.com is our website. Um, just call me. I'm happy to help out. Don't panic, right? But if that's the first thing you do, we can certainly help you out. And then if you want to learn more, like you're in a position where you're like, okay, I want to assess my risk and I want to make sure that we're doing our best to make sure this, this asset, the website that we've invested in is not at risk, then yeah, we can certainly help you out. We can start with a basic audit or we can do a comprehensive audit or we can get just, just jump right into a mediation and uh, clean things up for you. Yeah. Anyone else we're happy to talk to you about. That's awesome. Um, great. Thank you, Kevin. So I, I think that about does it for today's interview, everybody. So um, I hope this gives uh, everybody a good foundation to start upgrading their websites and making sure that you're secure. Um, I hope this answered any basic questions people have about WordPress development and security and the kind of differences between the platforms that are out there. Um, so please do make sure to check out Kevin's website, uh, WordZite and Yardstick Services. We've got the links to both of those in the description down below. And like he said, if your house is on fire, call him now. He'll help you out right away. Stay calm. There's a captain to the ship. And uh, if you could please leave a like on the video, it really helps us out. If you want to see more videos like this, then please subscribe. If you know someone that you think would like to be interviewed and kind of provide some value for our community that seems to be growing fairly rapidly now, thank you all for the support. 
uh, please feel free to refer them to me at techtips at umbrellaitservices.ca. And if you have a suggestion for a topic you'd like to see covered, also feel free to leave a comment below or email me directly. Uh, please have a great day, and we'll see you all soon. Thank you. Thanks, Jake. No worries, Kevin. Thanks for coming on.